This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Five seconds left in the first quarter. Raptors up 24-23 in Philly, trying to stay alive. 76 fixer, uh, 76ers. Well, that would not be something if they were the 70 fixers. <laughs> They'd be banned from the league. What do you guys do? Why are you named that? Well, we fix games. We take bribes all the time. It is the 76ers uh, leading the series three games to one. Oil Kings tomorrow in Lethbridge for game three of their best of seven. Oil Kings up 2-0 after winning on home ice on Thursday and on Saturday. Obviously, the Oil Kings heavily favored to win that one. Just one game in the NHL tonight, five and a half minutes left in the first period. Jonathan Taves has his 12th of the season, and the Blackhawks lead the Flyers 2-1. Tomorrow, Oilers at Penguins. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game is going to start at 5 the Oilers 43-27-6 on the season. The, Peng- uh, the Penguins 45-24-11. and 11. Edmonton needs two points to clinch home ice advantage, which means uh, in the first round, which means the playoffs would start at Rogers Place, uh, well, next Monday or Tuesday, one week from today or one week from tomorrow. We will be carrying a playoff game right here on 630 Chet. Kellen, did you see our little uh, our little promo? Yes. The, like they, they put Rob and me and Stoff and Jack and Mooner on the little, what do you call those? The little lever hockey guys, the table, yeah, hockey, table guys? hockey players. Yeah. Yes. The table hockey. Players. I felt like I was sort of holding my stick unnaturally, but they needed it at a, at a certain angle to get it to fit into the photo prop properly. Mm, and so they there you place go. it on the thing. It looks Not sharp. that I'm an expert. It's been, that was probably the first time I'd held a stick in any fashion in, in years anyway, but yeah, it's fun. We got all the games for you. And uh, hopefully it's a much longer playoff run than it was for the Oilers in 2020 and in 2021. Looking good. I think playing their best hockey in a while. I know know there's been a lot of uh, comparisons to uh, are they better than the last couple of years? Are they better than 2017? I I certainly think they're deeper up front. They have more scoring depth than I think they've had in a long, long time. Uh, When Smith plays like he has been playing, well, they're – you know, he'll give him a chance if he stays hot and has a save percentage up over 930 like he's had for the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, you know, defensively comparing this year to 2017, yeah, I think there's more experience on this year's team. Um, and I think, you know, you got a more of a, a you know, Clefbaum was pretty good on the power play on the point, but I think Barry's better and, and probably even Bouchard's a bit better. Um, I, I, I would give this year's team that they, they probably, they might not have quite the same number of points in the regular season as the, uh, 2017 team, but I, I don't know if the, the team in 16, 17, I know, I know they had a couple of long stretches. I don't know if they were ever playing quite as well as, uh, the team here 
has been, well, really since G. Woodcroft took over as head coach. But fun debate, but uh, it'll all come down to what they do in the postseason now. Okay, he joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He is powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster, Kelly Rudy checking in. Kelly, how are you doing? Oh, I'm having a uh, great day, a great few days. In fact, I flew home from Toronto yesterday, Reed, and uh, uh, my mom's here visiting for a few days. So it's uh, a really special week uh, until I start to get busy with the playoffs next week, but uh, really enjoy having my mom visit. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you've talked about your mom in the past, and I talk about my mom on the show sometimes too, that yeah. there's never any shortage of food. Whether they're in the vicinity or not, they find a way to get the food to you. So I'm sure you'll be well-fed one way or another this week. Oh, you're so right. And uh, we just love having mom down. And uh, every once in a while, she's uh, nice enough to cook some pierogies and cabbage rolls for us. And uh, yeah, so it's amazing. Now, does she have a favorite hockey team, dare I ask? Um. Well, she's, I would, I'm going to hesitate. I don't know if she really has a favorite team. She just loves the sport, right? Okay. Like, it's amazing how much she knows. And, uh, yeah, she's got her eye on the Oilers for sure, you know, watching their schedule and where they are and what's going on in the standings. But she watches uh, almost every one of my broadcasts also. So I, I have to always be sharp knowing that mom's watching. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope that's a, an awesome week for, for you and your mom and your family. Hey, um, Man, uh, we lost another legend. I, I want to get some perspective and thoughts there too. Uh, Guy Lafleur passed away a few days ago. Yeah, I didn't know Guy very well at all. In fact, I think uh, if my memory serves, serves me well, I think I only spoke, spoke to him about three times. Uh, but the first time was memorable for, for me. In fact, uh, my wife, but she was my girlfriend at the time. It was the 81 Canada Cup read. And uh, I can't remember if his pre-tournament games or the actual tournament it doesn't matter but uh, I had already been drafted by the New York Islanders Billy Smith was on that team and so Billy and I uh, decided that uh, I would uh, meet him after the game at I can't remember there's a famous pub that the Oilers used to go to after games I've uh, forgotten long forgotten the name but so Don and I went over there and met Billy for a couple of drinks after the game but Guy Lafleur was in the vicinity, and uh, and I asked Billy if it'd be okay if I went o over and introduced myself. But I think Billy said no. Let me do it instead, because then it'll make sure that there's he understands you're with me and so on. And I'll explain that you are a recent draft choice of ours. And so and then I remember I was sharing this conversation with my wife on Saturday, and she said, "Yeah." And I remember when Billy introduced us. I said, "My dad will be thrilled because I got a chance to meet you, Mr. Lafleur." So it was a very uh, nice. Nice chat and um, but I, I also shared a story on uh, Saturday read that this is the respect I had for Guy Lafleur so I played I can't even remember how many games I played somewhere around 700 in the regular season and I had a, a, a real routine like most players throughout their warm-up right and two times in my entire 15-year career did I deviate from that routine and I went and stood by center ice and I watched these two players warm up for about ballpark about two minutes, which would be a long time in warm up. Now, warm up back then was 20 minutes, so I still had another 18 minutes. But I just wanted to sort of experience what I was going to face that night and remember that game forever. 
And so the first time I ever did it was facing Wayne Gretzky. I was uh, with the Islanders, and it would have been in 1984, my second season. And I just, I just could not believe the experience. And I just couldn't believe that I somehow, a kid growing up in uh, Elmwood, uh, would have this uh, ability or this um, opportunity to play against uh, perhaps the best ever. And then, again, I was with the Islanders, and it was the year that Guy Lafleur made his comeback with the Rangers. And uh, I just remember also thinking, I, I have to take advantage of this. And so I went again at center, and I watched uh, Guy Lafleur skate around and do his things, and it was uh awe-inspiring just to see that skill and although he wasn't the player that he was after uh, sitting out for three years it was still a remarkable uh, experience for me and you can tell many years later uh, to have those memories to think of uh, doing something very important and I'm glad I did it I, I didn't let the so-called magnitude of the game get in the way I want to do something uh, that I would always remember and so to have those memories of Wayne and Gee and warm-up uh, very very special. That's awesome, Kelly. Thanks for sharing that. That's an incredible story. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. So uh, the Oilers clinched a playoff spot on Friday. So yep. we'll see who they're going to play, likely the LA Kings. I, I want to ask you, I'll just kind of summarize it here because we've talked about it a bit, but I want to get your perspective. Oilers got put down two men late in the first period on Friday against Colorado. Yep. A lot of Oilers people didn't like the penalty fans and sure. broadcasters and players and coaches. Woodcroft wanted to talk to the refs at the end of the first period. They kind of brushed him off. Yeah. Stoff had former NHL ref Dave Jackson on his show earlier today, and he said that he he wouldn't have talked to a coach in that situation either. He would have preferred the coach calm down, maybe see the tape, come back out, and I'll talk to you at the start of the second period. Talking to officials from what you saw as a player or maybe somehow how some of your coaches handled it. I mean, let's face it, it's it's part of the game. Yeah. lobbying is part of the game maybe even sometimes expressing a little anger and getting the For refs sure. attention that way is part of the game how, how did, did anything you remember about that relationship Oh, for sure. And I, I totally agree with Dave Jackson, by the way, that uh, when you sense a situation where the coach is uh, not happy and maybe you're even protecting him, right? So from doing something, uh, from getting tossed from the game or what have you, you know, there are many different scenarios. So I don't want to suggest that Woodcroft would have crossed the line, would have been tossed. But uh, for other coaches, yes, they they get to the line and sometimes cross it. And then uh, they're in a difficult situation as is the referee. So I really think that uh, Jackson did the, or says um, that the official did the right thing because uh, you have 17 minutes for the coaching staff to calm down and perhaps even watch it a few more times. Now, in this case, I don't think the right call was made, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I just think that officials are not always obligated to talk to the players or the coaches um, in certain situations. And it's sometimes best that they don't let things just sort of calm down. Uh, I've, I lost count how many times I would be extremely upset with a, a linesman or a, a referee and want to talk on the ice at that point as soon as the whistle had blown. And sometimes I'd just say fl flat out, Kelly, I'm not talking right now. And, and you know, you kind of have to swallow your pride just a little bit, and, you know, because you always assume that you, you, if you ask to talk to him, that you're going to have that opportunity. And of course, the goalie doesn't wear letters. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not the obligation always of a official to talk to the goaltender. And so, and in most cases, it usually did calm me down. It was just, 
it was the right thing and it sort of forced me to move on now i can't speak for a coach because they're in a different situation but i think that uh, the officials do a, usually a pretty good job of managing uh the heat of the moment and the emotion of the uh the, the players involved, and that includes the coaching staff. I wish sometimes that a couple of my coaches had uh, sort of uh, heeded that advice that right now I'm not talking. And, uh, you know, because sometimes you, you do cross the line and, and uh, you put, you know, not only, you know, you in that situation in jeopardy, but, you know, you could cost your team another penalty, right? Which you don't need. All right. So, the Oilers did get a penalty later in that game for the yep. bench. You got a penalty for mouthing off. McDavid got yep. the slash on the breakaway. So, you know, Rob has answered this question. So I want to get your perspective as, as well to, to actually get an unsportsmanlike penalty for lipping off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever got one, but uh, <laughs> like, is it the implication of that? The ref is corrupt. Is it just a certain magic word where, you know, like that's a, that's a little too insulting and the ref says, okay, that's enough. What, what was your experience there? Yeah. So I don't think I ever had uh unsportsmanlike penalty for what I said to an official, but my actions, I know that uh, I can't remember what exactly I did, but I didn't like the call. And I think I broke my stick over the crossbar. But of course that led to an unsportsmanlike penalty. And back then Al Arbor was our coach. And so we had you were fined, I can't remember the amount anymore, but you were fined if you uh, were guilty of unsportsmanlike conduct. And I, I was always mad at myself because I knew, ah, darn it, I have to pay this fine, which I don't know, back then it would have been 50 bucks or 100 bucks. And and then I also had to tell my wife that, <laughs> hey, I, I have to, you know, I need 100 bucks because I have to put this in the kitty. So, but uh yeah, uh, my experience when I'm on, I've been on the bench, um, and somebody takes an unsportsmanlike penalty, you either have to be harping on the official the entire game or for a long time, or really cross the line and say something incredibly uh, inappropriate or personal. And right. uh, typically, the the officials they give you a pretty long leash unless there's some history there. Also, what did Rob have to say about it? Uh, yeah, he he believes there's certain uh certain words that sure. just you, you know trigger words for the ref where you, you kind of know it's over the line or or it's just yeah. you've you've been warned that's okay right. i i heard you coach or i heard you kelly yeah you know we, we'll talk when you settle down but then you, you don't settle down yeah. and then and, and, get the and sometimes then. there's there's history there too Reed. So I think I've shared the story and I don't mind sharing it anymore because there was official when I played by the name of Denny Morrell. And uh, after he and I both actually, after I retired, he was still officiating. I ran into him in the Phoenix airport. I was working for hockey night and he did the game before and we had a fantastic chat. And I thought, man, is this guy ever a nice guy? Yet when I played our history together, wasn't very good. And he, he almost never allowed me any sort of conversation. And I always thought, what is up with this guy? Like, I always tried to sort of, you know, for lack of a better term, butter him up and always had real positive conversations. Hey, how's the family? How was your summer? You know, what any plans for the summer? You know, you just try and make sure that there's some sort of relationship there. And I could never get one with Denny, ever. And so I knew when he told me, Kelly, I'm not talking. I never said another word. Like, I... I didn't try and go, 
but Denny, come on, just hear me out. I just knew that I was on the cusp of an unsportsmanlike penalty, and he would have gladly called that on me. Uh, but yet, as I said, in uh, after I I retired, I always wondered. I, I maybe it wasn't personal. Maybe he just he had that relationship. Well, with he, everybody. he never explained it to you in the airport. You didn't bring it up, and I didn't either. I, no. because I, I just thought, you know, this is going so well. Why do I want to ruin it? If yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Right. Maybe, Jeez. maybe I did something. Uh, maybe I was a jerk to him, uh, years ago in my career and I didn't remember it. And then maybe he was going to bring it up and go, well, Kelly, don't you remember your third year on the Island? And we had a game and this is what you said to me. And then maybe I'd have to go, Oh, right. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before I let you go, the Masterton nominees were out today. I always enjoy seeing the nominees because, you know, it, like it says, perseverance, dedication, big part of this yeah. award. And uh, Chris Russell, the shot block leader, got to over 900 games earlier this season. He's the Oilers nomination. And well-deserved. I just love that. It's an important day. And I know uh, they're only, these are only the nominees, but uh, it's uh, it's a, factor when you get a little bit older and you've gone through a lot that uh, if nominated it's really cool and uh, it in fact Chris Russell uh, totally deserves it the way that he's played his entire career you know when he came into the league he was what uh, a lot of people thought uh, an exceptional thinker of the game high-end skill and when he started to go through his career and recognized that uh, maybe the points weren't going to be the way he was going to make his name, he completely transformed his game into a shutdown guy, one of the toughest guys to ever play the game. Like, seriously, he is, he is tough, and he's not a guy that ever complains considering the pain he's in. So uh, well-deserved and a uh, really special day for he and his family. Uh, Kelly, I just got a text from Denny Morrell. He wants me to end this interview. So we'll do this again <laughs> next week. Right. You're not talking now either, eh, Reed? <laughs> Love it. Always good to have Kelly Rudy on the show. He is powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Denny Morrell, the one ref he tried to chat it up with, never worked. Never worked for good old Kelly. Got a message here from the Big L who uh, always sends me thought-provoking messages. <laughs> so we played the Al Pacino speech from any given Sunday earlier, and I said, what's your favorite sports motivational speech of all time. We had a couple. And if you want to call in and replicate it, you still have an hour to do that. The Big L says, my favorite inspirational athletic utterance has to be from 1979's Golden Girl, where Susan Anton's character is told by her trainer, by the time Moscow rolls around, you're either going to be jet propelled or burnt toast. Now, despite my illustrious blockbuster career, I had never heard of this movie. So I looked up the plot summary on Wikipedia. Here's the first line. A scientist and neo-Nazi doctor named Seraphin has developed a way to create physically superior human beings. He tested out on his adopted daughter, Goldine. That is intense. No 1979's Golden Girl. I have not seen it. Don't get it confused with the B. Arthur show. This sounds much darker. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.